they stole $100 million in midair and lost it. Now, to get it back... Recognize these locations? They'll make one man a hostage. You're not going after him. Which was have I got? And the other, a moving target. <laughs> Cliffhanger, rated R. Starts Friday at a theater near you. It's our show. show. Whatever the fuck. I don't care. Maybe we'll have Sly on. If I want to have Steve Martin come in right now, I can do that. You can just pick up the phone. I can. The red phone. Right. Two down from that red phone. It's more of a maroon phone. I can't believe you can tell them apart. There's no labels on these things. I know, because I use them all the time. Yeah. Like, if I want to talk to Steve, I pick up that. That's the phone. Oh, that's very impressive. One ring, and he's on. (laughs) That's it. He's auto-answering. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well are we, we're rolling so i guess should uh, we, yeah should, should we, we ta- do the show yeah let's do the show welcome right. back everybody this is uh reconcinimation your podcast that takes a look back at some of our favorite films from the 70s 80s and 90s and i'm john diner and i'm david munchak and welcome welcome to 2020 we are continuing our our trek through the beginning of 2020 mm-hmm. right now and thank you for joining us we are right in the middle of our our patented 1990s Winter Wonderland. <laughs> yeah. A very special series just for you guys. Yeah. The, the, the drama and comedy that happens while the snow is falling and trapping you in some dangerous situations. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my. <laughs> there, there are a ridiculous amount of winter movies mm-hmm. that were made in the 1990s. Sure. It's uh, one of the four seasons, so you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna hit it. <laughs> like it's I guess happen. sometimes you can't tell it's necessarily a fall or a spring movie, mm-hmm. so right. those get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, you know, hot heat. Right. You know, summer movies. That's easy. Yeah. And winter. You know, there's a lot of a lot of winter movies. I mean, is this even a winter movie? In that, what what's the date on the calendar? There, there's snow on the ground in the Rocky Mountains, right? Sure. I mean, this this could be a, a an early autumn. Sure. Right? I guess. I don't know. No, too early. I don't know anything one. about the weather and, <laughs> and snow in the Rocky Mountains. So. But I, I think we should just... Yes, it's a winter movie. Yeah. Uh, last week, or sorry, last episode, we, we talked about A Simple Plan, which was a really fun... Not a, I, wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't say it's fun. Fun. It's a great, <laughs> a great uh, you know, mid-career Sam Raimi movie right before he took off with the Spider-Man movies and his career went in a different direction. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, really, really great movie. If you haven't seen that, uh, definitely check it out. If you haven't heard our episode, please definitely go back to www.reconcinimation. Check it out in the recent archives mm-hmm. right on top. It'll be right on top. You know, you don't have to dig very far. Whereas mm-hmm. if you wanted to, you know, check out an At Close Range or a Jaws or a Predator, you got you to dig back a little bit. Scroll so, back a little. Yeah, yeah. scroll. There's, there are a couple pages deep. So Yeah, but you'll find it. Yeah. And maybe some other hidden gems you hadn't thought you wanted Yeah, like to Bad get. News Bears. Right. Or uh, what's that other one you did with the boat? Is there a boat movie? <laughs> I don't think we did a boat movie. Never mind. Jaws. We haven't <laughs> done Under Siege yet. 
<laughs> no, no, that that's coming. I guess Jaws is a boat movie. We should have it's also a beach movie. Yeah, but not in the way that like Gidget is a beach movie. No, not a beach. No, not, <laughs> not beach a... blanket bingo or you know <laughs> yeah. one of those. Yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> we should have a series maybe after '90s Winter Wonderland mm-hmm. has concluded. Yeah, we should do maybe Die Hard on a mm. dot dot dot. Okay, Die Hard on a boat. Die Hard. On a mountain. Oh wait, wait. That maybe we should do that right now. Actually, I'm into it. Let's. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I've yeah. got this one in the ch- in the chamber. Like, let's go. <laughs> I could do Die Hard on a mountain. Let's do it then. We're going to talk about Die Hard on a mountain, also known as Cliffhanger. Yeah, Cliffhanger. Yeah. What a film. <laughs> it certainly is, my friend. It, it certainly is. is. It, and it sure is Die Hard on a mountain. And it's been quite a while since we've talked about Sylvester Stallone, hasn't it? Yeah. That's that's the one thing we do on the show is not talk sly. <laughs> it's been a whole two months. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's this is our fourth go around with this guy. Yeah, gosh, what do we what did we go through? We did, we did Rocky, Rocky Tango and Cash. Oh Tango and Cash, which was for uh for our, our Lord and Savior Kurt Russell's birthday yeah. last year. We were celebrating Kurt and Sly was along for the ride. Yeah. And then of course Copland uh, which we, we hit not too long ago. Yeah, so yeah. here we are with Sylvester Stallone's starring actioner, uh, h- him as a mountain climber who just gets mixed up into some trouble. Whoa, boy. Yeah, he's that- really in for a hell of a ride. Yeah. He better hang on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're going we're gonna to move in a more fun direction than we, we were at with uh, Simple Plan. So, yeah. So, Cliffhanger, when was... Uh, I, I ask this of you all the time. I'm yeah. going to continue to ask it. Uh-huh. When was the very first time or your, your earliest memories of this movie? Well, the earliest memories were in, back in 93 when mm-hmm. this, this was uh, on the precipice of release. It's coming this way. It was a big action movie. I think it was heavily marketed because uh, of, you know, it's violent. It's got a lot of bad guys. It's got sly. It's got mountains. It's got danger. Uh, I remember, like, yeah, Cliffhanger was, like, the next big action movie to see. Never saw it. <laughs> and then... Not, Until now. And I gotta say, I didn't... You know, I never really had, like, a desire to see it. it to me, the marketing didn't look interesting. I was just like, eh, you know, it's, it's just dumb, weird stuff on a mountain. Um, So I uh, saw it for the first time last week, so... <laughs> That's insane the, to me. For That's this insane. podcast, yeah. Now, it's come up before. You're, you're always sort of like, every so often, like, I still can't believe you've never seen Cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one a, of those movies that, like, yeah. especially at the age we were at, yeah, it, like, was difficult to totally avoid that movie. Yeah, it's but kind you of found surprising. a way. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised it took me that long. Uh, I, I figured it might have happened, like, just accidentally. But nope. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Cliffhanger. But, but now... You check that box. Yeah, tick it off. Uh, yeah, the marketing on on Cliffhanger was huge. I mean, yeah. it was it was everywhere. It was pushed really hard, mm-hmm. uh, and it was. We're going to get into Stallone's career uh, in a, a little bit, but you know, this was a almost like the last hurrah for him, mm-hmm. last really successful action movie for a while. I mean, he definitely was still making some throughout the nineties, mm-hmm. but this was the last big one that worked. Um, yeah, there were trailers everywhere. There was, uh, yeah, and actually, that that first trailer that came out 
was all uh, like classical music. Mm-hmm. There's no, it's not like the other action movie trailers where, uh, which, you know, what you just heard on, on the opening of this show is more of a teaser, like a TV teaser. Yeah. But the ones in the theaters, there was, there's no like narration to it. It was just classical music and intercutting action shots and slow motion shots from the movie. Uh, it was, it was actually, it's actually a pretty good trailer. Huh. But yeah. I remember that, and I remember the um, the Super Nintendo game. I remember the ads all there over magazines a, for that. There was a Super Nintendo yeah, game for yeah. this? Oh, but Nintendo and Super Nintendo made games for everything. Though. Yeah, no, of course. All these licensed movies. Oh, yeah. All the movies were being licensed out pretty quickly. Anything that had, like, a gun in it. Yeah. <laughs> any, any action-oriented thing. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't it crazy that back then, I mean, there were movies, there were video games for almost every action movie. And mm-hmm. now, you get the big franchises, but that's it. Mm-hmm. You don't get, you know, individual movie games. Like, you don't even, I don't, they didn't even make a Mission Impossible video game. Right? Yeah, you would, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't think so. It, games are too hard to make now. It well, takes, they're so expensive. I mean... It, and you need a good development, long development time. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's too complex. Not that, not that they didn't really work hard back then, but it, it was, the development cycle of games back then was just much shorter. Um, and the licensing wasn't as complicated and challenging as it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't license a movie as easily you know now as you could back then right um it was a lot more straightforward there's a lot more finances caught up with it now plus the expense of actually making these games is huge yeah yeah it's uh so that's why we don't yeah we're not seeing the the big ones yeah uh every action movie plus there's a million action movies every year now (laughs) i mean i know you would get a wanted video game if they ever made that yeah i want all four want three wanteds no way! Oh, I was thinking Taken. I'm sorry. Oh, Taken. Yeah. yeah. That, oh, that would be one. Wanted the video game would be pretty cool. <laughs> if this were 1987, Nintendo would have a Taken video game. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, but yeah, I remember the um, the, the Super NES uh, video game. Um, I saw it. I did not see it in theaters, which I don't know why I didn't. It's totally the movie that when I was 13, mm-hmm. I would have seen this in the theater. Couldn't catch a ride. But no, I, no instead, one would take you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. There's no Uber. Couldn't get a get, ride to the mall. Couldn't get a ride to the mall. Yeah. No mall for you for the, 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 the three months it was in theaters. Yeah. I went to the JV mall every other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, couldn't, couldn't get in to see this one. Bummer. But I did see it on uh, at home. Uh, we had access to pay-per-view. Pay-per-view? Yeah. Wow. And my friend Greg was over, and we watched the hell out of this movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and enjoyed it, every minute of it. Were you? Did you have a discrambler like a lot of people did? I can neither confirm nor deny that. You don't want to implicate yourself? <laughs> Is there a statute of limitations to that? On, on stealing cable? I think so. It must be. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's been 27 years. Yeah, and was Since, it mine personally? No. Right. Did I buy it? Right. No. You were holding it for somebody. I yeah. I one may have existed, but <laughs> I didn't have one either. But there was and and you know on snow days when you'd be at home, they yeah. would run like the same loop of movies. Yeah. Over and over and over, or they do. I can't remember if it was like they'd air like cliffhanger like four times in a row and then they'd air Dennis the Menace 
four times in a row yeah. right after, or they would intersperse them. I, I feel like it was more in a, uh, they probably did both, but I remember, I remember seeing the menu guide of these things and yeah. it's like, oh, well, you missed the start of this, but it'll start up again, Yeah, you know, in an hour and a half. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's kind of a cool way to do it. Just, it's always going to run for a little while. So you pick your time. Yeah. And there was two. I remember there being two pay-per-view channels, and one would also show some, like, Skinamax kind of, like, softcore kind of stuff. Yeah, there was some risque material out yeah. there. And, of course, you had the, the pay-per-view events. Did you did you do pay-per-view events? I sure did. Could you, did you? So, like, so like when the wrestling uh, championships oh, yeah. were happening? Oh, yeah. When it was the, the playoffs at, oh, the, yeah, at you, the wrestling you, season? <laughs> Your King of the Ring '93, your SummerSlam '93, yeah. Royal Rumble '94, yeah, all those, I, all I, the I, early UFC things, yeah, yeah, sure. Wow, Howard Stern's New Year's Eve, what '94 or something? <laughs> oh my God, wow. Yeah, saw all those. Was UFC back then in the '94? I remember UFC like the very early ones in ni- I want to say the summer of '93. Wow. I had no idea. 93 is an amazing year for entertainment. Yeah, apparently. Um, but yeah, very, very early ones. And then definitely by 95, it was starting it to was pick gone, up steam. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I could be wrong. My timeline could be a little wrong there. but Who knows? Something close to that. Uh, yeah, I remember it, it coming coming about in the late 90s. Like, mm-hmm. uh, But I never paid attention. And, then, and it's just exploded since. Yeah, what was it? The, the mid-2000s, it really, like... They had an ownership change, too, where they definitely embraced the more Vince McMahon style of, you know, building a promotion. Yeah. Which, as a business, is, you know, genius. But Mm -hmm. whether you enjoy that or not, they figured out how to market UFC. You need a little, like, showmanship in the marketing, Mm -hmm. you know, even though these are just... They're not doing characters, but they're... They're not doing characters, but they are. You got to sell them, like... Right. That they're these personalities, like someone you can get behind. Right. You know, and I'm sure that's, like, boxing struggle now, isn't it? That's definitely boxing's problem now. Yeah. No personalities to get behind, unlike Cliffhanger. Right. Where you've got Sylvester Stallone, you can get right behind him. You got him. You got Lithgow. You've got Rex Lynn. You've got Rex. There's so many great actors in this movie (laughs) that I love. Yeah, yeah. Some of which I have no idea why they're in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) But um, should we let's in case uh, anyone's a little foggy on on what Cliffhanger is? Should we sum up the movie really quickly? Basic plot. Uh, sure. Oh, so, me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm well, you tossing said, the football oh, to thank you. you. <laughs> uh, Cliffhanger is a story about... A, uh, a magical story. A magical about... story where a man who... Uh, him and his best friends are all like rock climbing rescue workers in the Rocky Mountains. Mm-hmm. And they all face a tragedy together. And Right in the opening. And Sly, yeah. has to, Sly leaves and comes back a year later-ish to, to the, this family he's left behind. And, and at the exact same time, uh, hijacker or no, uh, not hijacker, yeah, treasury, yeah, theft. Yeah, there's a theft going on where treasury's fifteen thousand feet in the air. Planes flying above, and basically a in in the air heist happens. But because uh, it basically gets all screwed up, and then money is scattered around the Rockies. Yeah. That. So and and then their plane crashes. So the bad guys have to. Uh, recruit by force Sly and and uh, Rooker, yeah, uh, 
to to guide them there and it's just a matter of you know can they get to the money and then how can they survive and it's a cat and mouse game cat and mouse game there there is peril at uh, almost every turn <laughs> so much peril <laughs> and uh let's see if our if this little family can make it through yeah which i guess this makes it more like a christmas movie since it is Kind of diehard. Well, they're not real Is family, it? so mm. yeah. If but, they were all actually related, then maybe. But well, there's he, not a single jingle bell anywhere. I mean, does it need a jingle bell? It sure does to qualify. To qual- <laughs> you need to at least hear that jingle bell. I don't know. Sly's Gabe Walker and uh, Janine Turner's Jesse. I think we're married. They were at least dating. They, they, they were yeah. like living in the same they house. They were a couple. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. I don't know now. I mean, I mean, and, and since this movie has been compared to Die Hard on a mountain, and Die Hard in, in your eyes is a Christmas movie, it doesn't mean. And this, this follows is. the beats of that down to the villain. But this, it's not this at Christmas. Cliffhanger is a Christmas. This is insane. <laughs> you're, We're you're finding in. them. All right. Um, but this I, is a lot of fun. Like this movie is a lot of fun. Like this is. I put this high on the list of the Stallone action movies. As far as fun goes. Yeah. Like, you can just sit back, get your popcorn, yeah. and have a really good time with this movie. Yeah. Because it's not a good movie, but it is fun. Yeah. I mean, you're not... It's, look, a, it's a by-the-numbers action movie, but with, with uh, that incredible cast. Yeah. Right? It's not It's not Chinatown. It's not Day for Night. You right, know, it's... Right. You you know what you're getting by this point with, yeah. uh, with Stallone movies. Right. But this one works i mean the action especially the version we'll talk about the what they actually shot and the difference between that and what you actually see in the final film but yeah is it ridiculous yeah but that's what that's what makes it fun you should just live in that world and Mm -hmm. and (laughs) go along for the ride with the ridiculous action that they're doing Mm -hmm. if it were the rennie harlan's original version this movie would not have worked at all. Oh, no. Yeah. It's a little more straightforward. We'll, we'll get oh, to that. I didn't there's, even know that. There's actually a very complicated buildup to how this movie even happened. Oh, okay. A very long... <laughs> let's spend like an hour on that. Let's spend... All right. You ready? <laughs> right, we're about, yeah, 15 just, minutes in. Just dryly tell me from start to finish how this movie got made. Okay, let me get my, my <laughs> tea here. Put okay. it all together. On my reading glasses. Uh-uh. All right. That is a thick um, notebook. <laughs> this this movie was developed by a company called Carolco. Oh god, those guys. Carolco. Do you remember that logo? The C. The C. Yeah. In, in eating itself, basically. Ba- basically. Well, sort of. <laughs> I didn't put that together, but maybe. Yeah. Uh, Carolco was another like Savoy Pictures that we talked about last episode. Yeah. Carolco was a big production company that produced a lot of great movies over the years um Mm -hmm. all of the rambo movies up to that point Mm -hmm. first blood rambo 2 uh rambo 3 the terminator 2 Mm -hmm. huge movie and terminator okay yeah well it ended up buying the rights to terminator 1 but it didn't produce okay terminator 1 i don't believe um basic instinct all those movies you know had a a string of big hits in the late 80s and early very early 90s Mm -hmm. um but was also, you know, they ran at a high cost. They spent a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like, they paid, I think Stallone and Schwarzenegger were making $14, 15000000 million a movie at the time, which, which 
didn't back it? then was huge. Early nineties, yeah, that's yeah, a hu- that's a nice. It paycheck. was a lot of money. I mean, they were spending some big movies. They were spending close to a hundred million, yeah. which was not really heard of at the time. Yeah, that's 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 business for big numbers. Yeah. So they were they were they weren't making a lot of that money back. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, even though some of these movies were hits, the ones that weren't were costing them a ton. Mm. Um, so this movie is kind of right in the like towards the end of Carolco's run, and and eventually they wouldn't really, even though their name is on it, they really wouldn't make any money off of it. You know, no matter how successful this movie was. Yeah. Uh, but they started. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. They started developing this in I want to say eighty six, eighty seven. Wow. They had already they had <laughs> Stallone signed to a contract and was developing a movie. Listen to this called Bartholomew versus Neff. You Ooh. ever heard of that? No. Is that like X versus Sever? <laughs> a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie that might have been great if oh. it was, you know, if it was fulfilled. But it was going to be Stallone and John Candy as warring neighbors. Uh, okay. Written and directed by John Hughes. Whoa. In the 80s. Yeah, this would have been probably, I want to say, might have come out 89, Got 90. it. Right, okay. Would that well, Around I mean, your great outdoors type. Uh, totally, uh, yeah. John Candy era. Probably, po- yeah, post Rambo 3, post great outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that'd be that, that would have been a departure for Sly. Yeah, would at have that been. time. Well, like, as, yeah, I mean, he was looking to do something different. Yeah, but uh, so they were. I think make that this... could have been amazing. Yeah. I think that could have been. I think Stallone might have actually shined in that mm-hmm. kind of situation. And what would John Hughes have done with a Stallone? Yeah. I mean, you know what he can do with John Candy. Mm-hmm. Just br- brilliant combo there. But yeah. Still, Stallone, I don't know that. Stallone, Candy, and Hughes. Yeah, I'm kind of excited I, about like I wish they had made that movie. Yeah, there's definitely an alternate alternate reality where that movie is a big hit somewhere. Yeah, and American audience has been enjoying it for decades. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see. The, I wonder if the script is out there somewhere. So if you wake up tomorrow, uh-huh. and you're thinking about how great of a movie Bar- Bartholomew versus Neff was, mm-hmm. you're in an alternate reality. Yeah, you're not Something in the right happened. spot. Yeah, <laughs> where. <laughs> Uh, but eventually that movie, uh, sadly, does not get made. Um, and Stallone, still under contract to Carol Co., jumps over to another movie, much more his kind of movie, called Isobar. Mm. Uh, and this would have been, it was basically Alien on a high-speed train. With, Whoa. Yeah. With alien. a co-starred, Yeah. It's like an alien monster on this train, you know, trying to kill everyone. Okay. And it's not like on an Amtrak. Well, <laughs> or is it? like a high-speed Amtrak. <laughs> but Kim Basinger was set to star uh, along with Stallone, which, you know, could have been a uh, a good combo. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Sure. Basinger at the time? It, it, yeah. Basinger today. <laughs> I'd see it. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> what was the last thing she was in? I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't can't. been paying attention. She, she was in something. Eight re- Mile, re- but definitely something. a few things after she's that. Def- she works. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of disagreements about the budget. I mean, the budget for Isobar was set to be $90 million. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I mean, that is a huge. It probably would have been the scale of a total recall. Uh-huh. Um, 
But eventually, uh, Joel Silver, who was going to produce it, mega producer Joel Silver, mm-hmm. and Carol Co. and Stallone, and there was a couple of directors, one of which was Ridley Scott, the other which mm. was Roland Emmerich, both big-time directors, um, were attached to that movie. And it's, you know, you quite often see these movies that could have been yeah. if all the stars aligned. And we talked about the movies that made us last week. Yeah. And you get, watching that, you can really see how hard it is to get a movie made. It's hard to make a movie. It's, it's almost a miracle movies get made, much less great ones happen. Right. There's so much that can bring it down and, and, and change the tone and change the whole concept and get it away from what it could have been. It's, it's a miracle. Every movie is a miracle. It is. It could be shut down any time. I watched the Home Alone one, so I saw like this the big... A small budgetary snafu or, you know, just a rising cost that's just a, mil- a million or two almost shut down Home Alone. Like, yeah. who, that spoiler alert. Yeah. Like, that's, incre- that's incredible. Like, that's, you know, with the talent and attached and thing. It's, I mean, it's sort of a young crew, but, like, they, so they had to keep the cost down. Right. Like, or, not, like, not, there wasn't so much, there wasn't a lot of juice behind there it. There wasn't a lot of high-level you know expensive dps and production designers yeah yeah so like costs were low but like they couldn't have i don't know that's just funny to me so yeah i mean the fact that movies get made at all is what miracle and the fact that like it could be like universally embraced or something and make a ton of money for how for the quality of that film is is very low odds yeah so yeah and i mean that's we're talking cliffhanger which hits all the right notes (laughs) does it does what it does so Isobar also ends up getting uh, put on the shelf, and mm-hmm. Stallone is still sitting under contract to Carol Co. In the meantime, he's he's still pumping out other movies. He's got Rambo Three and Tango and Cash and Lock Up all coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his let's talk about his career at this point. Okay. So he's ridden this wave. We talked a lot about it in Tango and Cash. This high, you know, high point, which is the entire 1980s, mm-hmm. um, hit after hit after hit. He's got definitely got a system of what his style of movie is and what works, and he's really nailed the action, whether it's Cobra or Rambo or Tango and Cash. They all work for di- in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wants to do something different, which is where Bar- Bartholomew versus Neff might have come in handy. Yeah, uh, He goes back to the well one more time with Rocky Five. Uh, as I've said before here, we don't talk about Rocky Five. <laughs> okay. It's very racist. <laughs> Rocky Five yep. is horrible. It's right. terrible. Um, yeah. It's, there's just so much wrong with that movie creatively where it, where it takes the Rocky character. It, it suddenly snaps him back to the Rocky that was in one and two. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just... Everything they did in three and four, they undo it like with a with a Thanos snap of the fingers, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. There's no actual fight; it's a street fight. Spoiler alert! Um, at the end of the movie, and it, it's just not satisfying at all. Right? I mean, his performance—he's fine. He knows how to play Rocky, but mm-hmm. uh, where where the story goes, it's and it ends up being irrelevant for the rest of the franchise. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that movie's no good. Uh, then he does Oscar and Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Definitely departures for him. Yeah, Oscar was very different. 
Have you seen Oscar? Yeah, I watched it like a year or two ago. Tell me about it, because I barely remember it. It's I a, just remember hating it. It's like a it. it's a weird door slamming farce where he plays like sort of this like gang, like you know, like mobster guy leader, and he's got you know he's got the so he's really wealthy. He's got a hoity-toity lifestyle. Uh, Marissa Tomei plays his daughter. And then there's just like, uh, uh, you know, wrong identities and mix-ups and just sort of general zaniness worked into it. And he plays it with like, he's just trying to do like that Brooklyn, New New York kind of accent and... uh, But like heightened. Everything's just heightened. It's a weird cartoon. It's, it's It's a goofy movie. It... It, it kind of works for me. I thought it was fun because it's just it's not the sly I'm used to. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Which I get, too. That the, that's what he wants to do. He wants to show that he's yeah. got range and he can, he can play more than just the action character. Yeah. And it's really shot like it's pretty zany. Like you could you could see it as a stage play, like mm. the way just the way it's written. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that and then I, I saw Stop or My Mom Will Shoot when I was a kid, but Ooh. only that one time. Yeah. And I probably maybe I was there just because Estelle Getty was attached more so than Sly. <laughs> like, put that might have been it. Getty and Sil- and Stallone together for the first time. Why did they not do a cameo of the other Golden Girls? Oh yeah, because they all hated each other. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they had a, they were fine, right? Did they they liked no, each other? <laughs> some of them did not get along. Oh, I see. Well, like Rue McClanahan and Betty White, I always heard did uh, not get along. At uh, all. That's a bummer. Um, but anyway, we love those golden gals. We sure do. Anywho, so yeah, now so now it's like uh, so he's trying to do something different, but they're yeah. not taking. You know, both Oscar and Stopper My Mom Will Shoot were kind of not that they're the worst movies, but at the time I remember them just being embarrassing. For, you know, they they just didn't work. They weren't successful. Mm-hmm. People, I don't think, wanted to see him doing those kind of movies at least yet. Yeah. So. You know, he's going to go back to the well. And the next thing he starts developing is a movie called Gale Force. Gale Force, yeah. Gale Force. Tell me more about Gale Force. Which is Die Hard in a Hurricane. Mm. And it's set in a coastal, I think, Pacific Northwest town uh, where he's Stallone is an ex-Navy SEAL who lives there. And these pirates basically come and try to rob the town. And he's got to... Right while that's happening, this hurricane hits. Uh oh! You know, gale force winds. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to see that. Ensues. I don't want to see that. No, it doesn't sound very good. I don't want to see that. But simultaneously, a guy by the name, a writer by the name of Michael France, sells the idea of cliffhanger to Carol Co. Mm-hmm. Carol Co. had also signed Rennie Harlan on, so Rennie and uh, Rennie and Stallone are developing Gale Force Wind mm. when they all collectively decide to shift over to Cliffhanger and morph some of the ideas and concepts they were developing for Gale Force, merge it with Cliffhanger. Okay, so they saw that as a better vehicle for these these set pieces. Yeah, and, I think, yeah. And, and they pro- I mean, maybe they probably like the script and story much better. Yeah. I think the story worked better for them and, and the idea of the visuals and, <clears throat> excuse me, Rennie Harlan is an interesting director who's coming off of Nightmare on Elm Street 4, mm. Die Hard 2, and Hard uh, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Yeah. So he was very high concept action director, especially as his career would go on through the 90s. For sure. Um, 
I love and me I some the, the, Long Kiss Goodnight, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's a great movie. His second Christmas movie. <laughs> First one being Die Hard 2. Die Hard 2. Oh, yeah. wait. Then, uh, then, then, uh, darn it. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, but he's, I think the visuals of shooting on a mountain and shooting, you know, all this like big scope mm-hmm. uh, cinematography really enticed him. So, yeah. so they all kind of shift and finally land on Cliffhanger and start actively working on that but gale force was apparently two weeks out of shooting like they were oh wow that was like in full motion oh wow and they pulled the plug on that wow how about that poor gale force uh-huh. uh and in all this talking about carolco spending money uh they <laughs> they had paid you know there were multiple writers that worked on all of these projects they had spent you know five hundred thousand dollars on this guy four hundred thousand dollars on this one they paid Rennie Harlan $3 million to do Gale Force and did not apply that towards Cliffhanger. Oh, wow. So he made $3 million to not direct developing a movie that he didn't direct and never got made. <laughs> and that was it. Cool. But that was kind of how Carol Coe was running things, that they were just spending, spending, spending. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if they could have gotten that money back, but they didn't even try. Mm-hmm. Um a writer named Joe Esterhaus, who is not really a name known much today, right. but he was very well known in the 90s yeah. and a high-level writer uh, who wrote Basic Instinct and Showgirls and what a co- something else. There was other... Disclosure, did he write? Could be. I maybe maybe Disclosure. Yeah, I think but right. uh, he does a pass at it and turns what was Gale Force slash Cliffhanger into like this of course erotic thriller oh boy (laughs) like here's your five hundred thousand dollars go away we're not (laughs) using any of this erotic thriller (laughs) oh my lord who didn't want to see that yeah can't you picture stallone and janine turner just frolicking on like a you know pacific northwest coastal rocky beach (laughs) yeah yes yeah definitely (laughs) they have the chemistry to pull that off yeah but they they the grand total was about four million dollars that they spent just to writing to writers writing. Wow. of all sorts yeah takes it takes money to make money yeah a couple of guys actually ended up approaching carol co who claimed that michael france had stolen their idea for cliffhanger uh guys named uh gene hines and james the tolkien uh and they actually had proof that it was their idea originally so whoa You'll notice that they have uh, co-producer credit on this film. Oh, wow. And that's why. And they also got $400,000. Holy cow. So, But by this point, Stallone had already gotten his hands on the script. Mm-hmm. And as he did with most movies that he was cr- involved with, he... He's punching it up. Yeah, he's punching it up. I think, he, I think he's proven that he knows how to write a script and he knows what works for that product. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's hitting the notes that this movie would achieve pretty well mm-hmm. um story notes action notes uh, things that he knows that that are gonna fly so they're finally ready after all this script journey they're finally ready to shoot and even though the movie is set in durango colorado okay in the in the rockies mm-hmm. they shoot it uh almost as far away as you can get all the way in italy oh you, Oh, did you know that? I did not did you know that. Tell that at all from the movie? Couldn't tell that was Italy. So they're selling the Rockies to me the whole time. Mm-hmm. Looks amazing. Wow. Uh, but it was mostly filmed in Cort- or Cortina d'Ampezzo, hmm. uh, 
in Dolomitis, Italy, uh, which is in the northern part of Italy. It's the southern Alps, but in northern Italy. Gotcha. Uh, so uh, the bridge scene was shot in Monte Cristallo, and the climbing, you know, wh- wherever you see the mountain climbing, the rock climbing, is in uh, the Tofane Cliffs. Wow. So... Yeah, interesting. It's, it's gorgeous. Yeah, uh, everywhere they shot was gorgeous. All of those, uh, the cinematography is perfect, um, and just in terms of what you, the scope of it, the whole thing, like real money's behind this, you, you know, oh, yeah. obviously. But like, you know, it, it's just funny when sometimes you just see it switch to a soundstage when they have to do just like you know actual like characters doing stuff yeah, together. Yeah, like that <laughs> scene with with Stallone and Rex Lynn like in the wa- in the icy water. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Towards yeah. the end, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like cut to stage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> stage so. seventeen. Or like where they're running from the bad guys at night, and they have to then they're going like running through the forest, and it's just like they, oh, you don't see any sky or anything. It's yeah. just very tight and yeah. like and lo- almost locked off like all the time, and just it's it's really funny. You uh, can certainly see the. Uh, <laughs> You know the scope of everything when they're when they're really and they're really yeah. out there. You oh, know? I know. They're yeah, on, they're on those mountains and and they could only really let certain amount of crew, like 20, 25 people, up to some of the spots where they filmed. Yeah. Well, I mean that one shot where uh, with Hal like threat like kind of grabs grabs Gabe and like almost tosses him yeah. over the side, and they just do that that they pull out. Yeah. And then you just see everything. Yeah. It looked really gorgeous. Yeah. So I was like that looks cool. It's well, it's well shot. It looks really good. Yeah. This movie. Um, and that opening scene. Let's talk about the opening scene. Yeah. Wow. Talk about a way to just engage the audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, right off the bat, they are they suck you right in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who who really wrote if this was a Stallone thing of putting this scene in or where this came from, but mm-hmm. the intensity is it's at an eleven. Yeah, well, it takes its time to give you this, how big everything is, and then you kind of come close on these characters, and you really only have, they only have a few minutes to establish, like, all the relationships and how they feel and everything before just dropping the tragedy on you. Yeah. And it's intense. Like, yeah, I, I, I can't believe they kill, like, they kill her. Like, she falls straight down. It's intense. Like, you spent time with her. Like, she's just... She's part of the, well, the they family, do, you know? They do a, a pretty great job right off the bat of, like, getting the... All right, here are your characters. They're, they feel like real people. Yeah. Ian Stallone, like, yes, he's ripped. But the tone of his character doesn't necessarily feel like a superhuman. Like, he, no, yeah, he yeah. feels like a pretty regular guy. Obviously, a lot of the stuff he does in the action side is superhuman. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, as a person... Like, they're joking around. Yeah. You know, the the it opens where... Uh, Michael Rooker's character, Hal, uh, what was his last name? Hal Tucker. Tucker, yeah, yeah. Tucker and Walker. Tucker and Walker. <laughs> Very original names. Uh-huh. Uh, Hal has taken his girlfriend up to a extremely dangerous and high point on this uh, mountain, which is, I blame Hal for this entire it's, situation. It's entirely his fault. Like this, and they his, have to get rescued. Yeah, like, oh his my girlfriend God. has no climbing experience, and he's got her on a like extremely experienced level climber yeah. situation. He hurts his knee, calls for the rescue team to come up, which are his buddies, yeah. uh, Gabe Walker and uh, Janine Turner. Yo, Janine plays Jesse. Yeah, Jesse, and uh, so they come up in the helicopter and. It's a little too windy, so they've got to anchor on the next mountain and run a line across. Mm-hmm. Of course, Hal's the first one. He comes over just fine. 
And Gabe is waiting with Hal's girlfriend, Sarah, played by Michelle Joyner. Mm-hmm. Really great performance here. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets set. She's super nervous and scared and trying to, like, stay calm. And Gabe's, you know, playing it off and is just like, yeah, it's, yeah, just go. You're good, you know. Yeah, they treat it very, very chill. Like, this is every day. This yeah. happens all the time. We're just ha- this is fun. And right when she, like... You know, goes out on the line just out of his reach. You see that her buckle is starting to break. It's cracked. It's yeah, starting to uh, apparently not. This would never happen. And there's actually a disclaimer in the movie that this buckle was specially made to do this. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> that it would not ever happen. Yeah. Um, and she's by the time she's right in the middle, the buckle snaps and she's hanging and screaming for dear life. Yeah. And then there's the debate of Gabe wants to run out there. There's not. He knows she's gonna let go. He's got to get out there and grab her mm-hmm. and just hold on to her and try to, you know, somehow rescue her. Mm-hmm. Hal wants to send his harness out, right, and have her just hook herself up to the harness and then she'll be fine. But there's that, yeah. There's that debate, and Gabe, you know, makes it out there and is trying to hold on, and she just, she's panicking and screaming and desperate, and you know, it's a close up of both their faces, and it's. Yeah really really intense and then she just won't reach up she she's just not reaching up she's so terrified she has no no skill to get to get up there she like it's she like she knows she's gonna die like she's screaming her head off and it's i was watching it for that first i've actually seen that scene a few times i guess but like oh it's a famous years um and then so just like getting into it like oh yeah i remember this and then it's just intense like i can't like she's gonna die she knows it we all know it everyone knows it and it it still hasn't happened yet and the funny part is when they're shooting it they they actually kill her they actually dropped her yeah that's why you never saw michelle (laughs) join her again um the, she was holding on to Stallone so tight they couldn't get the slide out of his fingers right uh, because yeah. she she wouldn't let go and the gloves were too tight and uh-huh. they put Vaseline in there and she still wasn't sliding right. Oh, really? It just took forever apparently to get that shot. Wow. But then you've got the wide shot where she lets go. Yeah. Not the one where you're looking down at her face because yeah. that's all, like you can tell that's blue screen. Mm-hmm. But the, the one from the side where you see the distance. Yeah. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like the thought of it, when I saw it then and thinking about it now, it's a terrifying thought of like, mm-hmm. what, what would you do out there? If that, like you really don't have a lot of options nor a lot of time. Right. Yeah. Uh, very scary. Very. Uh, and it just immediately just sets you up. Like this tragedy befalls all of them. What's going to happen? And you don't you don't live through any of that. You you then then there's just a time jump. Yeah, cut so to a year later. It's like okay, people have sort of moved on, or men are still dealing with their feelings for each other, and as further establishes like Jesse and Gabe's like he he leaves her like like yeah. after the funeral. Well, so like a couple days later, and he just leaves and has never talked to her. Like, I mean, he's got PTSD. Yeah, Who no, wouldn't? I'm not. Yeah, saying, yeah but like. Like that, there's a whole movie. Like you could just do a whole movie on the the aftermath of oh, this cliffhanger, thing. the series. Yeah. Oh yeah. Eight episodes on HBO. What? I, I see it. Okay. I get, let's do it. Yeah. Who would we cast? Can you get Casey on the phone? My blue phone, please. Oh, blue. <laughs> Sly would that one. still play Gabe Walker on that. Of right? course. Yeah. 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 Hair yeah. dye does amazing things. Yeah. Don't and we don't even acknowledge that the yeah that they've aged at Rooker all. Rooker basically looks like Rooker then. Yeah. Yeah. Jane Turner, sure. Yeah, yeah, and you just bring Lithgow in for fun, just for fun. Yeah. You, 
<laughs> just to do the little walk by and look at the camera and then keep going. He's got like blueprints in his hand. He's walking down the street. <laughs> like, to U.S. Treasury with an arrow. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, he asked them, excuse me, do you know where the U.S. Treasury is? Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so cut to a year later. A lot of uh, drama has gone on between the characters and Gabe is now back in town trying to kind of resolve his life. And the, it's... The dialogue in this movie is pretty bad at times. Sure. Obviously. But him like him meeting her up meeting up with her at, at their house or whatever and he when she sees that he's back and he's just sort of like, you know, a lot of things fell apart on that ledge and, and it uh she said something else. It was I don't know. She's got a couple of uh, good, just real good lines little, in there. But like, I don't think either neither of these neither of these actors can sell this dialogue. Like, no, I mean, unfortunately, she's, like she, she's. I, I don't. I think Janine Turner's a good actress. Sure, yeah, I like her. Yeah. I think she was great on Northern Exposure, uh-huh. where she also plays a pilot. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, she's <laughs> in, the, a, in she, a wintry town. Yeah, she's the helicopter pilot that yeah. is part of this whole ordeal. Um, but yeah, but uh, she's. I think she's doing the best she can with that kind of dialogue. Yeah, I mean, it would take. Someone really special. Maybe a Meryl Streep. I think Streep's the only one. Streep's the only one that could make hay. Streep, Stallone. Make make a she can make a meal out of those lines. <laughs> uh, I think is what they say, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it it was just kind of laughable, like the watching that scene for the first time with them. I was just like, mm, hmm. ew, all right, just just get to the <laughs> let's get to the action. I yeah. guess. <laughs> This is tough. I was watching it with a few people, and at that scene, I'm like looking around, like who's gonna leave the room? <laughs> Stay with it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we see a little bit more with Michael Rooker. Let's just talk about him for a sec. Great, great actor. Great actor. Love Michael Rooker so sure. much. And back then, he was uh, he obviously made his name off of Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, mm. which is amazing that he didn't. He's so good and so intense and believable as that role. It's amazing he didn't get typecast as, you know, serial killer roles. Oh. That, you know, he was able to spin out of that. And, and you know, he did Tombstone. He did mm-hmm. uh, JFK. Mm-hmm. God, what else was he in? Days of Thunder. All that was kind of leading up to, right. to uh, Cliffhanger. And here he's like a total, you know, good guy. Flawed good guy. but. Yeah. He's carrying some anger. Yeah, carrying anger, but he's, but he's uh, trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, he, he never, like, you know, he's got to play up his hatred, but he's always, he's still looking out for Gabe. Right. All the time. He never tur- actually turns on him or anything, but you almost might have expected, like, he'd be kind of okay with him, but he, he risks everything to keep saving him because yeah. they're family. They're yeah. friends. It doesn't matter how much, uh, uh, you know, stuff is between them. Yeah, and isn't it so? The timing works that like Stallone, like Gabe is with um, Janine Turner, and they're you know they're having their little reunion moment. Mm-hmm. While that's happening, they get the rescue call because the accident with the planes, which we're going to talk about that whole sequence, uh, has happened. So Hal has to go up to rescue them. Mm-hmm. Gabe then follows. Yeah, he goes. He, he goes another route to meet yeah. him, and then they meet up on the mountain. That's the first time they see each other. Yeah, Hal doesn't even expect to see him there, and so then that, that's when they can have it out. <laughs> and Hal almost throws him off. Throws him off. <laughs> you know, he tells him, <laughs> and Sly tells him, "You got to drop it." It's like, "No, you <laughs> dropped it!" Like, and he's holding and he's him. Holding over him. Like, it's a great shot. And Stallone but, is like letting him do it. You know, like, you want to do it? Like yeah. that's. I mean, 
uh, Gabe is not in a good place. He 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 comes to the town to to maybe bring Janine with him because he can't be there. Like that's where everything was good, and now it's all gone. Yeah. Uh, after this, after this like traumatic incident, so Sly is not in a good headspace, and he's 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 basically badgered into helping Hell. Like that, even he can't climb. He's not going to climb uh, to go rescue the fake people uh the, you know the, that this weird party they because the terrorists or well, they're not terrorists the hijackers the thieves right, yeah. um they act like uh just like a lost hiking crew and they need help and they radio in and all of that so you know it's it's going to be a dangerous situation he's badgered in by janine she, yeah. he says I, I haven't climbed in months i lost the you lose the feel and she's like or do you mean your nerve like ooh, ooh dang ouch oh. And she says, "If you're not, if you don't go do this, you're going to be stuck on that ledge forever." Yeah. Like, and I think that's what actually turned him. Like, all right, you're right. Maybe he does the right. If he can do the right thing, help these people, and maybe help Hal. Maybe he can move on. Yeah. Well, then cut to where we meet our villains. So we see Rex Lynn, who's a U.S. Treasury agent. Yeah. I love Rex Lynn. Mm-hmm. Rex Lynn is a, he's been in a million TV shows, mm-hmm. a handful of movies. He's got a small role in, I mean, this is one of his biggest roles, but mm-hmm. small role in Wyatt Earp and uh, Clear and Present Danger. Mm-hmm. But very, he's got a particular look. He often played government or FBI agents and that. Yeah. But I think he's fantastic in this movie. I was always kind of bummed that he, his career never really like took off. I'm like, He's yeah. Could he be Gerald McCraney's stand-in? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he can play those same kind of roles. I mean, he always works. You know, I yeah. think. And then I mean, I th- you still see him now. I mean, he's in a bunch of stuff now. I don't know if do we we did we have never done a movie on the show with him in it, right? I don't think no, so. No. I feel like we've. Uh, but I mean, I we live gotta in- get some Rex Lynn T-shirts. <laughs> Let's start selling those. I live in L.A. I work in LA and sometimes my work requires me to go to different people's homes. Um, just to watch, just yeah, to, like, just to watch, watch through the window. But, but, but basically I was working on a project where he was going to be involved. I went to Rex Lynn's house with a contract for him to sign. Um, and he invites me in so he can like sit down and do the contract. His cat jumps on my lap and he proceeds to tell me David Crusoe stories for 30 minutes because he was on CSI, CSI Miami. Miami. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I knew he looked familiar to me at the time, and I had no idea. I didn't bother to look him up. Like, I sh- like maybe I, I don't do that. I mean, I don't know. If I didn't know the name, I, you know, necessarily, like, I'm not Where's that kind of guy. Where are our interns? Sven, <laughs> can you get Rex Lynn on the phone, please? <laughs> but it, he was he's the nicest guy. He was, he was awesome. Oh. Uh, I love Rex Lynn. Yeah. So after we're done, text me the address. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm just going to stop by real quick got, in case he's out and doesn't call back. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so Rex Lynn is leading a visiting FBI agent who's hitching a ride uh, as they're going to be transporting four and a half million dollars from, you know, a hundred million. Was it a hundred? It's a hundred million. It's not four and a half million. It's, are you sure? Yeah, because like one case had like thirty three million in it. Remember Lithgow said when uh, Lithgow is there. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm confusing with a simple plan. Oh, it was four f- and a half million. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're, right, you're right. I'm like, where'd you pull this money? Too many millions. Uh, yeah. Go. All right. So yeah, so they're transporting a hundred million dollars. Um, 
via plane instead of trains and yeah. <clears throat> we see Paul Winfield who's a great character yeah, actor Star Trek 2 mm-hmm. uh, Terminator lots of TV shows uh, played Martin Luther King in a great TV movie mm-hmm. and I want to say in the 70s um, also a fantastic Star Trek The Next Generation episode called Darmok mm. which one's that? wait which is where he is an alien species that only speaks in... Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. That oh, speaks in metaphors. Metaphors. And he and Picard like beam down to this planet, yeah. and Picard has to figure out what he's saying. That's it's right. a great episode. Guys, yes. Tr- yes. try it out. Um, but Paul Winfield's kind of giving them the, the overview of like, well, like if we transport it by plane, we'll never get hijacked. Like we rule the skies, and no one will ever, right. you know, get us there. Plus, it's highly unlikely because it's no no regular person can walk around with that money. You don't. It's it, it's all all one thousand dollar bills, right. which is only used at you know top level kind of currency, right. like between government Governments, kind of things. Yeah. So it's like no nobody generally has has the capacity to like even do anything with it so he's pretty confident yeah that nothing's gonna go wrong yeah and traver uh, rexland plays travers who's in charge of this mission yeah and but also if you notice one of the uh treasury agents mm-hmm. is bruce mcgill yeah who we talked about on our national lampoons animal house episode yeah which you can listen to in the archives www.reconsideration.com yeah it's weird. He's, it's, he's got like two lines in the movie, maybe. Very weird. <laughs> he, he played big. You know, he was never a leading man. Yeah. But he played significant character pieces. You know, he's in My Cousin Vinny. He's in Last, uh, Last Boy Scout. Tons of movies. Time Cop. <clears throat> Time Cop. He's in the Lincoln. Insider. Lincoln. Lincoln. He was great in Lincoln. He's still going, and he looks almost exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. He really exactly. hasn't aged much. Yeah. But, but he's... You know, when the first time I saw this, I'm like, oh, this guy. Yeah. Okay, like he's going to play a, an a important role here. <laughs> and I wonder if it could, just got cut out because I don't understand why he would have done this movie. You know, maybe it's a favor. Maybe it was uh, some with like one of with anyone involved. Like, yeah. hey, do you, like come come do this for, for yeah. me. Because he really he only has to do like two different scenes. He's in, yeah, a couple of scenes. I he's think got they two lines of dialogue. Yeah. And then and he gets blown away. Yeah, then obviously they go up in the air. You mm-hmm. see Lithgow. They notice another plane circling nearby. That's mm-hmm. our good friend Lith- John Lithgow and his That's posse. Mm-hmm. And they end up hijacking the plane. And Travers turns on everyone and shoots and kills everyone on the plane except the pilot. Mm-hmm. And Bruce McGill is wiped out like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, like, oh, I guess he... Uh, yeah, he's done. That's rude. I, um, I, I wonder. We'd have to... I wonder if there's like an oral history about Bruce McGill. And well, when Rex I, calls, I didn't see it. when Rex calls, we'll we'll ask him. Okay, yeah, like, hey, did you? What's what's Bruce McGill's involvement? Yeah, <laughs> how'd you guys get? You how'd guys, you get McGill? You guys had mustaches. It was the '90s. You must have been friends. <laughs> yeah, you, all you mustachioed like suit wearing guys. The, you went to the trimming shop together. <laughs> the trimming shop. <laughs> Your whiskers trimmed. <laughs> uh, anyway. Then we see what was, at least at that point, the most expensive stunt in uh, film history. Yeah, uh, really? Which is when they are doing the transport, the, tr- the transition from one plane to the other mm-hmm. by wire. Yeah. It's a real stunt. They went, they were 15,000 feet up in the air. Uh, a stuntman named Simon Crane mm-hmm. actually did that stunt. Mm-hmm. They, so they shot most of, the, like 90% of the movie in Italy and Europe. Mm-hmm. 
they couldn't get no insurance company would cover them over there for uh, this stunt. Gotcha. So they had to do this part back in the states where where it was still wasn't it was covered, but they still to get any stunt guy to do this super high risk. Yeah. Uh, he was paid $1 million and got his own very special credit at the end of the movie. Oh, I didn't even notice that. And this is the only, like, he's not, you know, Lithgow stunt double and he's working the whole movie. He just does this one stunt mm-hmm. and, you know, made quite a uh, quite a cash flow off of it. Um, it's really cool. So, like, he, he that was legit when down going down the zip line yeah. to... The other plane. That was a real, wow, real stunt. I mean, I could tell like this was practical uh, with connecting the line and all of that, but just still like the 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 risks and everything. Yeah. Like it's got I'm, wow, that's cool. So Simon Crane made a hell of a lot more money than Rex Lynn did for this movie. <laughs> oh, you th- yeah, I guess because he's Rex Lynn's double. He's uh, Travers is the one going to the other plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the money's going to follow him. That's hilarious. So Travers makes it to the plane. The money, uh, one of the uh, the FBI agent who was at snuck on, not snuck, but hitched a ride on board, is still alive. He ends up shooting the pilot, and it releases the money out of the plane. The money goes crashing down into the Rockies, and he ends up shooting up Lithgow's plane. Yeah. Then he gets killed, but Lithgow's plane is plane crashes. crashes, so, so they're, they're in a pickle. The 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 plane has crashed. The money's down there. They need to get... They've got trackers on the money. Mm-hmm. And they've got to get to that money and get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, their plan has already failed. Um, are they're right. just trying to make the most of it. Yeah. yeah. There. There we go. That was a blow-by-blow yeah. of the, the first 15 minutes of this film. <laughs> what do you think about Lithgow? Lithgow has already done... And we've actually covered John on the show... Way back in year one with well, Footloose. Right, when we did Footloose. Which, uh, by the way, that's a great episode. Uh, I don't know. It's one of our least downloaded. Is it? Well, not least downloaded, but not as didn't catch fire like some mm. of the other episodes have. Damn. Really good show. Guys, go back and check that one out if you haven't. Yeah, check it out. We, we had fun with Footloose. And yeah. we know you'll have fun listening to us have fun with Footloose. But Lithgow, uh, I'll watch Lithgow do anything. He's, right? he's all over the place by this point in his career. He plays good guys. He plays bad guys. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in... He plays what, dads. Dads. He's like sweet guy in like terms of endearment, Harry mm-hmm. and the Hendersons. Mm-hmm. But then you've got Blowout and you've got, you know, all sorts of other movies. And this, he's like super... I don't know. I don't really like Eric Quaylen as a villain. Yeah. he And I think it's either because of like how terribly he's written. Wait there. That's it. Yeah. Because it's, it's either not Lithgow. Well, it could be like well, a, it could be a, it could be a miscast. Like I think it like yes, you know, not everyone's right for the part. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't put Tom Hanks in the part not at that at ninety three. Would you? Would you? Would you? You probably you could. You probably, yeah. But some people just aren't necessarily exactly right. I think he could play. Obviously, we see him play villains and and having a nice villain's term. But I mean, this was like Quaylen is the poor man's Hans Gruber. Like just, oh yeah, like yeah. down to. Just how intelligent he is, the way he sees the world, his commentary about things, which leads to really stupid dialogue, <laughs> just yeah. poor, like just weird choices. Like, and he's he doesn't have to say anything in the scene, and they choose to make him talk, and he says like just really random shit. He's just such a villain. Like yeah. he like Hans Gruber is such a great villain because he's likable actually, and yeah. it shows a human side in in parts. Yeah. Eric Quaylen is just bad. He's just bad. Everything he says is 
mean and nasty and he just he doesn't care about anyone you know every, he's gonna kill everybody anyway yeah so. yeah he's just he, he they set it up that he's very he's vicious like one of his guys got shot and he throws him out the plane like, yeah that's we can't and, take care of this guy and originally they were were actually trying to get christopher walken for this role uh, okay yeah i think that uh, might have been a better move maybe and I, I don't want it to sound like i'm shitting on john lithgow because i love lithgow yeah I'm currently working with John Lithgow. How about that? Uh, that's. Have you talked to uh, Cliffhanger with him? We've talked about a number of things. Not Cliffhanger. Not Cliffhanger. Time to bring it up. Time to time to change that. But like I, I really enjoy him in this. I mean, it's still Lithgow. Like he sure. still brings his He's cartoony though. His gravitas. Yeah, I mean his and his accent is unnecessary. I know and the what characters. Is it? I don't know. It's just some weird. Eastern European accent. Yeah, it's I guess, like right? is it Brit? Is that British or is that yeah. aristocrat or yeah. is it like New England? He's just a fancy like, boy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a fancy boy. But uh, I'm glad he's in it. It would be interesting to see who could have who who else might have been in it. Like yeah, Walken might have been a very easy choice. Um, yeah, but hey, listen, you get Lith- you get Lithgow to come do your action movie. You you have have some fun with it. I didn't put Judd Nelson in there. Judd Nelson. In his, in his breakfast club costume. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? This actually reminds me. Uh, I think it's time for one of our all-time favorite segments on this show. Uh-huh. One, we do it all the time. Yeah. It's called Name That Lithgow. Oh, well, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Let's play. I love it. I love playing this This is game. a little game I like to call Name That Lithgow. Name That Lithgow. Uh, okay. So I'm going to just describe a Lithgow character, and okay. David is going to... Name the movie that it's from. Okay. And if you don't this know, fire out a guess. Game. And uh, we just we have a few of them I here, feel like so. there's going to be a lot of guessing. Okay. Name the Lithgow movie <laughs> where he plays a psycho hitman obsessed with killing a girl uh, who is having an affair with a governor. Ooh. Uh... If you want a hint, I can give you the name of the actress playing the girl. Okay. Nancy Allen. Oh, no. <laughs> Psycho killer obsessed with finding the girl. Love, Cheat, and Steal. Close. <laughs> it's a Lithgow movie. It's uh, Brian De Palma's Blowout. Ah, it's Blowout. Fantastic Never movie. Never seen Blowout. We, we should watch that. It's a great yeah, movie. I, I kind of want to see that. Okay, next one. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. <laughs> Name the Lithgow movie. Where he plays a psycho criminal obsessed with revenge on the cop who put him away. Oh, who's the cop that put him away? Denzel Washington. Uh-oh. I just gave it away to probably 100,000 people right now. Yeah. Shh, guys. Wait, Denzel? Guys, I know you know it, but he doesn't know. Pelican Brief? Mm, very close. Uh- <laughs> I think same year. A uh, little movie called... Ricochet. Oh man, Ricochet. Ricochet. All right, darn it. He's messed up. Because you said Denzel, I'm like, wait. I know they were in Pelican Brief together. He like (laughs) catches Denzel and gives him STDs and so it's yeah, yeah, there's stuff going on. Uh, All right, we're halfway there. Okay. Name that Lithgow movie (laughs) where he plays a psycho Mm -hmm. child psychologist obsessed with the way his daughter's uh, being brought up. I'm gonna go. I'm taking. A, who's plays? Who's another actor in that movie? Or what's the? Do you have a a clue? Lolita Davidovich. <laughs> Shit. 
I'm gonna throw. I'm just get this pure guess. Mesmerized. Is that, You're over three. Is that a, darn it? Raising Cane. Oh man, Raising Cane. Jeez. Okay, now we're going to switch to one TV here. You're, you're going to get this one. Okay. <clears throat> Name that show where Lithgow plays a psycho killer who was stalked by another psycho killer. I do know this one. Dexter. Bing, Season bing. four? Season four. Five? I think, yeah. Four, Season four. four or five. Um, you got it. Yeah, you got that it. one I got. 25%. Yeah. Way to go. I watched the Lithgow season. It was good. All right, so that's uh, that's name that Lithgow. Woo! I'm looking forward to the next. I time. have never won name that Lithgow. I so, <laughs> guess you guys can't all tell. All the times we played it, um, he likes to play psycho killers. Apparently, I was gonna like say, if he's going to be a bad guy, he's got to be a psycho. Killer. He's a psycho. <laughs> I, I just loved your descriptions. <laughs> he plays a psycho who. <laughs> uh, the other one will be he plays a dad that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That would be the next round. Uh, all right, so that's that's name that lift cow. Thank you very much. All right, so so what do we think? Let's go back to cliffhanger. Okay, yeah. What works in this movie? What do you think are a couple of things that just, you know, where it is hitting at a hundred percent? Um, a hundred percent. I think some of give the, me something. I what think, do you think some of the action, the way it was cut together, uh, I think the action works. Yeah, more or less. There's a lot. I of, think it's solid. There's yeah. a lot of ridiculous stuff that got cut out. Really, <laughs> stuff they shot. Okay, so there's there's a shot in the trailer of where he's, and it it did make its way into the movie where Stallone like jumps across a chasm. If you look at the if you look up the poster too, uh-huh. where it says it's the Hang On poster, you see him like jumping over like where the camera is. Yeah. That, in the movie as it exists now, he jumps about, I don't know, 12, 13 feet, and it's, like, down. Mm-hmm. He's, like, coming down off of a hill. Mm-hmm. So that jump makes sense. Mm-hmm. The way Rennie Harlan originally filmed it, he was jumping across a 40-foot chasm oh. by running straight. You know, he got, like, a 10-foot head start uh-huh. and runs, and it's in the trailer, and jumps across, and he just like keeps going, just keeps going straight, uh-huh. and then lands and like hooks on. It's ridiculous, and audiences Do they went, laugh? they laughed hysterically and then booed. Oh, oh yeah. no, no, that's not where they booed. That that part they laughed hysterically, which uh-huh. they didn't obviously didn't want that. They weren't going for that. Yeah, and uh, still, there was a couple of other little things that made him. Like he is holding on to this sheer wall of ice, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's got to climb up just flat ice, and Stallone or Gabe punches through the ice where there's a waterfall, so he can like no. hook on from the inside. It's it's ridiculous. No way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta got watch. That's a sherry. Is that in the trailer? <laughs> that no, but that's on the DVD and the extra. Oh my god. <laughs> So he punches through a sheer ice wall. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and, you know, and on top of, like, he's running around in this ice-cold mountain with a T-shirt, or he's that. underwater with no T-shirt in freezing cold water. That's true, yeah. Uh, he did throw a sweater on eventually. He threw, yeah, a beautiful-looking sweater. Yeah, too. but it's not. it didn't even seem that warm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just another layer. The um, So, and Stallone agreed with audiences that, that they're making Gabe Walker look too superhuman. 
Yeah. You know, he oh. looks like Superman. So yeah. they wanted, you know, he agreed to dial that character back and, and tone, trim down, just trim the action. Yeah. Uh, they didn't cut whole sequences. They didn't, you know, most of everything was still there. It was just like, it's called editing. Just, yeah. just fine tune. Just tweak it a little. Yeah, because yeah, all the stunts make sense. There isn't anything that, that felt superhuman about anything here. Like yeah. you, I mean, well, <laughs> there's the one. All right. Well, we're still talking about things that work. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, every every little set piece is kind of cool. Like just the next thing, um, where where he's, he's got to survive like an avalanche, yeah. or you know, where he's facing down a baddie, and they're they're just in a fist fight, like rolling, like sledding down the mountain. <laughs> like yeah, I um, mean, stuff like that was cool. Like it were it it basically works. The mechanics of you know, we have to get from A to B and then B to C. Like, there's a reason that they're doing all this. Mm-hmm. The, the steps work for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, where the, there's three cases, they have to get to each one. They have to, you know, get past certain obstacles. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, Walker and, and Tucker and Walker are able to, one by one, sort of eliminate people along the way. Yeah. Um they happen to get very good at like getting these guys killed because yeah. there was like eight of them or something. Yeah, like, yeah. With Lithgow and his 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 lover. Yeah, or his girlfriend. Yeah, Caroline Goodall, Caroline great Goodall. great British actress. Too. She was great in this movie. Too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's a great actress. She's all over like British TV. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the nineties, but yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, all these all these henchmen end up just getting themselves killed a bunch, yeah. and some are indirect and some are direct, like off slice punches. <laughs> and you know, I really like Janine Turner. Like, I I don't think she's the usual like damsel in distress in a lot of these movies. She kind of holds her own. Yeah, she's delivers the dialogue. I think the best that she can. Yeah, eyes um, into her character. Yeah, I th- I thought there were there were moments that make sense where she can't really be heroic. She just has to be practical. Right. It's like yeah, like there's nothing. But even still, like she tries to save Gabe and uh, and shoot a guy, and like yeah. you know she was she's gonna step up if she had to. Yeah. Um, and she gets wrecked. That yeah. <laughs> one dude just knocks her. It looked really violent. Yeah. Like, was that Leon? I think Leon. Leon. Yeah. Leon. Uh, another great, another great actor in yeah. this movie. He was in what the Five Heartbeats and something else. There yeah, was... Leon. Wait, I wrote it down. Let me let me check my notes. Get the notes. Leon was uh, Five Heartbeats and oh yeah, Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings. Forget right. Cool Runnings. That's right. Yeah, he's he's kind of a vicious guy too, throughout. Yeah. Who meets an? It? Well, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, stuff that may not work. <laughs> well, <laughs> or the funny stuff. Yeah. But I mean, uh, overall, it's 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 yeah. fun. You can have a good time with it. You're not expecting. I, I don't think you're expecting the kind of action that you get in, like, a Terminator 2. Right. No, you can't. Um, but it's – most of it works. Yeah. Well, it's because it's not, it's not constant gun battles or, yeah. you know, like, you can't – or you can't have, like, ninja fights. Like, there's, what like, two real, like, fist-punching fights, I think, in, mm-hmm. the, in the whole thing, really. And then the rest is just sort of, like, intense, like – Running, jumping, climbing, yeah, explosions, bunch of explosions. Because of course these guys have bombs to make things happen if they have to. Couple of guns, mm-hmm. people die. I mean, to me, this movie is almost on an action level, almost as entertaining as like the last couple of Mission Impossible movies. Okay, no. <laughs> 
It's, I mean, as no. far as like, uh, as far as the action's concerned. Well, I mean, no, the uh, action has changed since then. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. can do so much more now. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, I mean, imagine if they made Cliffhanger today. But like, like this movie is to me tremendously better than Mission Impossible One, which mm-hmm. is only three years later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, as far as the mechanism of it, I think it works. Okay. So, All right. I mean, there's, but as we'll get into, there's some specific things that don't work, <laughs> <laughs> or just really funny. Yeah. <laughs> that I guess, but like because skewering someone in a stalactite. That's that's my favorite moment. <laughs> That was that was my funny moment. Hate it when that happens. Oh my god, so gross. <laughs> and that's Leon, right? Yeah, Leon. Yeah. That's where Leon dies. <laughs> he just he like he gets, cross, he's kicking Leon is like kicking Gabe's ass. Yeah, Rocky's going down hard. I mean, he's like this, kidney he's getting, punches, and yeah. you know, like it looks like it hurts, and then suddenly, yeah, Gabe just just presses him up into the ceiling yeah he's able to like i guess I, yeah leon is uh a little bit higher than him and then yeah. he's, he's basically kicks him in the groin or punches him in the groin so he can like lift him over his head and he just pushes him straight up <laughs> like it's so bananas oh like, my god it's it, there's that squelching sound and it's yeah. just like and he stays there yeah like exactly yeah there. he wouldn't like as if he wouldn't slide off <laughs> that's impossible yeah um oh, so silly but what about the sur- the um, the uh, base jumping the two base jumping dudes? You love those guys? Those poor dudes. Yeah. Right, wrong place, wrong time. They're just out having a good time. One now guy is blown away, and then the other one he the gets shot. One, he's shot. He gets shot, but is able to get away. And then is and then Frank. Frank the, saves him. Frank, oh, Frank, yeah. Frank. Oh, uh, Frank. Uh, Frank played by Ralph Waite. Yeah. Who was the dad in the Waltons? Oh right. Yeah. Oh wow. Like yeah. uh, he was like America's dad. Yeah, yeah. Kind of guy. Um, I he, was bummed when when Frank gets spoiler alert when Frank gets killed. Oh, uh, you know I, uh, that bothered me. Yeah, yeah. Because he was like he's like the most innocent of them all. Sweet old guy who's old just guy. trying Chopper to pilot. Yeah. He does his art. He paints. Yeah. he's a, he's he's lo- beloved by all of them, and because he's helping, you know, like, he, he, part, gets, he yeah. parks parks the helicopter, uh, runs yeah. to help someone, and just gets shot with his own gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he slips his last things. He slips that knife to uh, to Hal. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, how about the soccer dude? The soccer villain. The soccer villain. The one, the... The one who's like striker. Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> oh right. Oh my god. It was so. Like, why is he doing this? <laughs> like, He's gonna... Why is he monologuing this? So what... he does the typical. Again, this is in the doesn't work category. Yeah, yeah. The typical villain. Over explaining what he's gonna do to yeah. you know the hero who he's you know he's kicking Hal's ass literally like soccer punting him yeah um, big and kicks really giving us some dialogue to go along with it that was very <laughs> annoying it's <laughs> he's very uh, he's a very confident villain you know and very yeah. egotistical and he's uh, he met he, I really love how Hal took him off though. Yeah. took him out it's insane yeah. like he gets the shotgun under his under his neck or I knew his chest in his chest and then just shoots him and tosses him over the side of the mountain at the same time like oh my god yeah but Hal was taking a vicious beating the fights that's a pretty Hal takes a big ass kicking in this movie I mean his knee gets crunched the knee that was injured Uh, in the beginning of the movie yeah who I think 
like I think there was I thought there was a line that he had a bad knee that it was already a bad knee maybe I don't and, know. Uh, yeah it's, like it was already acting okay so yeah he, he he said to his girlfriend that you know he got it in Nam or something yeah, like yeah. that and, and then he's when he's he's get kicked he gets that kick right in the mouth and yeah. like you see the blood squirt and, yeah oh and he's got those beautiful chompers <laughs> like he sure does like Michael Rooker has some of the best teeth in the business. <laughs> I was I was noticing. I was like, "Wow, this stuff that looks great." <laughs> and you, you know, like in reality, that character would have lost a bunch of teeth, oh, yeah. getting it yeah. cracked or <laughs> smacked around. Um, but yeah, and then when the Leon fight with Sly, I mean, uh, it's not just like a couple punches to the face. It's all those body blows, kicks, punches, and it all looks good. It looks like Leon knows what he's doing. Yeah, got, yeah. I mean, it's just or it's just well choreographed. Um, so yeah, those are those are some harsh beatings these guys take. Uh, they. Putting them at that they're both the sort of every man status that they just happen to get the right the right lucky move in because they should have both lost like there's mm, oh, yeah. no reason yeah <laughs> uh, one of the other things that I that in, in the doesn't work category is mm-hmm. right towards the end mm-hmm. when uh, after Frank has been killed and Quaylen has the helicopter yeah and uh, Janine Turner climbs up the mountain. She's flagged. She thinks it's Frank, and she's flagging him down. Yeah, and then realizes it's Quaylen as the pilot. So he he aims his gun at her through the <laughs> through the windshield. windshield yeah, and she surrenders. Yeah, like, yeah, she doesn't do anything. Like she doesn't. She could have completely run away. Yeah, but the. <laughs> Oh, it just no, that didn't work. And like, was there a spot for her to, him to park to yeah, get her onto the, get helicopter? Her on the helicopter? <laughs> like, all right, jump up here. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, when he and then when when they were running away in the dark, um, and it was like, yeah, Sly gets another fist fight. But mm-hmm. he does the flare thing because the guy has like night vision goggles. Oh yeah, they're yeah. fighting. But then they tumble down the mountain and they basically sledding down on him. And punch and whacking him in the face, like it's as you do. It, like he's using him as a human sled to get down, and it's it's extreme. He tears the guy's face up by pushing it in the snow because it's all face icy. Off, maybe. Yeah, I think yeah. he think it took his face off. Oh. Let's can't wait to talk about that movie. Twenty twenty three at the, at the latest. Twenty twenty three. We're gonna talk face off. Um. Yeah. Those were those were some of the highlights of that of but stuff it, doesn't work. Even like, in all those, it's fun. Like yeah, I don't yeah. know. You can laugh at it. It's not like and it's not cheesy because it's not cheesy. Bad. It's just a. We- it's just kind of weird. Like yeah. none of it's. Honestly, it's kind of Rennie Harlan. Like yeah. that's the kind of stuff he does in his movies. There's not. It's the same in Die Hard too. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's just some stuff is ridiculous and yeah. and he's just he's an action director. Like yeah. that's. He's going to have seen a lot of action in his movies, and not all of it's going to be brilliant. Yeah. I think it, and I think taking out some of the sillier stuff that Sly was like, yeah, yeah let's not do it, really helps the movie work. Because otherwise, we'd be talking about how cheesy the movie is, I think. Or at least, like, it's a little too much. Yeah. Uh, if, I don't know. I, I think it's got the right amount of, like, set pieces. <laughs> you know, the other thing that audiences hated. So that scene where they've... There's tracking tracking devices in each of the briefcases, and yeah. Walker is getting to the briefcases before the villains. Yeah. So he, in one of them, he takes the tracker off and puts it on this rabbit. Oh yeah. yeah. And then when Travers, you know, is tracking it, he yeah. realizes it's a rabbit and he shoots at the rabbit. Uh-huh. And in the original version, he kills the rabbit, and audiences booed. Oh. Every test audience who saw it booed. Yeah. And uh, so they had the rabbit live. They That's added nice. that shot of the rabbit coming back. Okay, they, got you know, it. 
That's good. <laughs> well, it makes sense. The rabbit, you know, rabbit's just there. Yeah. Like he's not yeah, his no. fault. Like you don't, you don't have to murder them. Or was it his fault? <laughs> it's not his fault. He's just doing his bunny thing. Um. So yeah. So this movie ends up being. We're going to talk box office in a second, oh, okay. but some of the after effect of it. Uh, they talked about a sequel a number of times. Sure. Uh, quickly after this, and '94 was the, the obviously the first time they got into it, mm-hmm. and it was it was going to be in the Hoover Dam. So basically, same movie. Yeah. Uh, set inside the Hoover Dam. So obviously, you're looking at some interesting set pieces and sure. action sequences there. And Gabe Walker ends up finding himself in a terrorist situation again. Yeah. Exactly. Imagine if they made it. And then we would have had competing franchises of diehards and, and cliffhangers. Oh, could have totally for the, done for it. the last thirty years. That would have been yeah. amazing. Walker, <laughs> McLean. Yeah, then, yeah. Then they eventually team up. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, this is the 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 DHC CU, the diehard cliffhanger cinematic universe. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, it's rolls all off one, the tongue. One shared universe. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they're talking sequel. Couldn't get anything off or the ground. Would it be the Would it be the MWCU? McLean Walker Cinematic Universe. Well, McLean came first. Yeah, I think you go. Yeah, McLean yeah. Walker. McLean Walker. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they talked about it in '94. It didn't come together. I think Stallone was already. He was still very busy through at least into the late '90s. He had a lot of Planet Hollywoods to well, open. Exactly. Up, you yeah. know. Uh, it came back up in 2008, again in 2009. Uh, and then I think, what, was it last year, two years ago? A big, I, supposedly they're remaking it. Oh, really? With a, a female lead, and then Jason Momoa is going to be in it as well. I don't know if that's still happening, but they did announce it. Oh, that's cool. So, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Make, and it's called The Cliffhanger to differentiate. It's like, like a soft reboot, you know? like, like The Predator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It takes place, but it's it kind of reboots the whole yeah. Because um, <laughs> everything that was made before needs to have the same name. Yeah. <laughs> Should we? Uh, what else do you want to talk about? Should we talk? Is it time for some bo, some box office? I love that. I love. I love that. Yes, bo. We need to. We need to. Uh, Ek. We need to. If you're listening, which you are, we need a box office uh, theme little music it here. starts with a register going cha-ching and then like a like a real jazzy little tune or hardcore rap yeah you know i don't think we need lyrics under yeah this yeah. <laughs> uh okay so this movie had i i saw 65 but also 70 million dollar budget so somewhere in that zone mm-hmm. yeah um very expensive obviously you take Getty. a whole crew out on location to another country that gets expensive right there plus all the action and stunt sequences Mm -hmm. and uh we didn't talk about it but um boss films who did the uh special effects for the finale with the helicopter crash Mm -hmm. really cool miniature used for that different perspectives and um, it looks really good like a lot that helicopter stuff was great i mean there was a movie mad what was that show on like discovery channel movie movie magic Uh, right something like that yeah yeah. they they did a whole episode on this oh the end of cliffhanger so it was cool i mean the miniature looks good i mean it's a big miniature too it's not like a 
It's not a micro machine. No. Or like G.I. <laughs> Joe size. I mean, it's the size of like a dining room table. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and they, they built the whole rock wall and mm-hmm. shot it at multiple angles to get all the coverage. And I think for these types of things, you, you have that's, – that's standard, the like miniature when you have like big moving parts and explosions. Sure. and Yeah, like you're – Oh, yeah, yeah. So you, they're – they're not miniature like you and I would have miniature collect collectibles. Right. They're miniature action standards. <laughs> yeah. And these are the same guys who did the you know the helicopter explosion sequence for uh, Die Hard. They did the Die Hard. Yeah. And they did the um, you know the end of Ghostbusters, the mm. church, mm-hmm. or not the church, the um, you uh, know the, on top the, of the apartment the, the building, the Gozer thing. Yeah, the Gozer stuff. So. That's cool. Yeah, so, uh, and this is Richard Edlund's company, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, one of the best in the biz. Yeah. My bro. Yeah, bro. He's got an office here. I mean, Did we, you know that? We have, I mean, we have so many standing offices. He's on office. staff as he's on staff. when we, we need to have special effects, I'm practical look, effects. I'm looking it up on the computer here. He's literally never, he's never used his badge. I don't think he's ever been here. How much are we paying this well, guy? Well, he doesn't come through the gate. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he comes via... I feel like, oh, like a I helicopter like, and he ropes in. So. I feel like I've never seen. Oh, that's, he would do that. Yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> that's so him. Um, uh, but it debuts number one. Big weekend. One. Memorial Day weekend. Memorial right? Day. Was it May 30th? Was like the actual the, opening? Uh, no, I think the 28th was the was Friday. The 20th? Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah. Opens number one. Uh, can you, can you name the rest of the top 10 of that week? Think back. Think back, 1993. You were in summer, seventh grade. Summer. I was going. Yes, I. Yes, just finishing seventh yeah. grade. Um, I can name a few. I mean, I can. I can. Yeah. I'm pretending. Let's run it down. Pretend- Let's just run it down. Number two, Made in America. Yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah. That's Ted and Whoopi. Ted and Whoopi. That's right. Yeah. That comedy. I think I might have saw that on rental once. I don't know if I did. I saw it on pay- I think I saw all these movies on pay-per-view. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, number three was Dave. Yeah. That's a fun movie. That, we should look at that sometime. I like Dave. I saw that in the theater. Uh, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Can Didn't, we never talk about it? Can I've that never go in Rocky Five? That looks like the... Have real, you not seen it? No, it, looks te- it looked terrible. I was never going to go see it. Okay, that. now you have to see it for, to see how <laughs> wrong... Right. How the complete wrong direction to go in. Right. Uh, Hot Shots Part 2 Hot, Amazing I Saw that in the theater Yeah like I saw that. that in the theater It's a good one uh, Sliver Never saw it I think it's that one sexy right It's sexy It's, it's, <laughs> it's Sharon Stone Sharon And Stone. Billy Baldwin Okay Sexy And I think Berenger Tom Berenger Yeah uh, Menace to Society Indecent Proposal Another Well It's sexy for a minute What movie. about What about The Sandlot Oh, was the Sandlot in there? Did I miss the Sandlot? Well, between Sliver and Menace Society, I have the Sandlot. Sandlot. Okay. Sandlot, Sidekicks, and Betty and June. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, there were still other movies. It was a big yeah, weekend. Dragging the Bruce Lee stories in there somewhere. Yeah. Posse. Posse. That's an incredible Western. Unforgiven was still running on theaters. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Groundhog Day still in theaters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, quite a weekend, and Cliffhanger was number one with like a twenty million dollar gross or something. Yeah, something like, that. like yeah, yeah. So by like it made double of what Made in America did, or more or less. Yeah, and it ends up getting an eighty four million dollar uh, gross and worldwide two hundred and fifty 
$255 million. Yeah, so at least it made its money back. It's considered a failure in a sense that it didn't do that here. It didn't do well, that, but it made, it made them a profit. It, it but barely you don't made consider. a profit here. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing with Stallone's movies. He was twice as big. He was always big here, but twice as big internationally. Oh, yeah. They so love his movies, even his, his not-so-great movies here, mm-hmm. did tremendous over there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this was one, obviously, it did, I think, $170 million, uh internationally. So Yeah, crazy money. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, you know, they, they made a lot of money on this. Carolco doesn't really see any of it because it was in such ba- bad financial shape by yeah. this, by, you know, by this point. It had to mm. split the cost with TriStar and yeah. Canal Plus and a few other companies. So. Mm. Um, and this was actually the last movie with that TriStar logo, the TriStar oh, horse, yeah. you know, coming at the screen. This is the final, the final movie film, for, yeah, oh. before uh, Sony, Sony, Col- Sony Columbia TriStar. Yep, yep, <laughs> exactly. Uh, overall for 1993, uh, this comes in at number nine. I had about tenth, but yeah, uh, I've got it right between Aladdin and A Few Good Men. That can't be right. Well, no. I have it between Schindler's List and Free Willy. Weird. <laughs> Either way, uh, yeah. Can you name the number one and number two movies for 1993? Um, mm-hmm. uh, I saw that in the theater. That yeah, was gr- sure. That was that was life changing, right? Yeah. Oh <laughs> for, god. For yeah. everybody, that was a song great. Uh, JP, and then uh, Fugitive was number two, right? This is Doubtfire. This <laughs> is Doubtfire. Is that, that, that opened in holidays ninety three. Was was Fugitive ninety two? Maybe I'm thinking of ninety two for that one. No, Fugitive is I have it at third. Third of okay. the year. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, because we talked ninety three before. We probably talked some of these movies a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's uh, but it got. I mean, it got basically favorable reviews. Roger Ebert liked yeah. it. I mean, basically, like you know what you're getting with this movie. Yeah, and I think it it doesn't it. it doesn't cross the line of being too much it's not too much like it's not over the top it's not oh over the top yeah mm-hmm. which we gotta we gotta cover that yeah i mean we've been doing I mean, sly it's, movies it's not over the top you know he's not a specialist <laughs> right or an assassin and he's not expendable. it gets a little rocky he's on the rocks damn I'm going to just let you go with this. Keep going. I love it. And he didn't strike first blood, so. <laughs> He's... And at the end, he gets he gets the rhinestone. <laughs> wow. Well done, my friend. I can keep going. Go. No, that's right. All right. Darn it. Um, yeah. Uh, so what do we think? Now, sitting here in Recon Cinema Studios, mm-hmm. got a fire going. It's snowing out. It's wintry. We're in the winter wonderland because I make it snow at this time of year on the studio lot. Yeah. We import real snow. It's got to be snowing all the time. Mm-hmm. So we've got, we stock up on the, the logs for the fire, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hot chocolate, mm-hmm. extra Everywhere. snow boots for everybody that's working here. Mm-hmm. Not you, Sven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we get, we prepare. So, uh, I what don't about, know where I was going with that. What about that? So like <laughs> us here today in, in, yeah. in our winter wonderland, how do we... How do we feel soon? about Cliffhanger? The funny thing, this this is one of those that 
you probably would expect that. I'd be like, I don't really need to see this again. But I feel like I could watch this again some some point. So this this is like right above like whatever the line is where I'm like, nah, I don't need to see it because I kind of want to say that, but I know in my gut, I don't mean it. Like I know that's not true. Yeah. So it is. It's just sort of like it. So for me, that's a win. Like this is this is an entertaining movie. Yeah. This is got what I like, um, and it's got enough things I can have fun with, and not feel like i don't know that this is a waste of time i feel like there's enough thrills and fun and silliness uh it's a it's a fine action movie yeah i agree totally i mean this is one you could just put you like you're in a mood for an action movie just put it on you can can have fun with it and you can laugh at parts of it and and uh you know be entertained by it too and also i think there some of these the stunt work in this movie is very respectable stunt. There's there's some major stunts here. And yeah, it's yeah. worth uh, it's worth watching just for that. Yeah, they're well done. The fu- what's funny though, and I what gets me is the score, like that opens the movie and closes the movie, like over the credits and stuff. It's weird, just the the way the horns are, the way it's sort of this building blustery thing without. It's trying to be like, I don't know, like it's it's because it's very much about the visual, like in mm-hmm. the opening, like you're seeing the mountains and everything, and it. And so it's kind of trying to meet that, but I, I can just, I kind of picture like the score with the horns blaring. Like I can almost feel like an empty movie theater after everyone's left and you just, and you just keep hearing the horns and it, it it's like, it's trying to be bigger than it is in a sense. Like here's like, is this another classic Hollywood movie? It, mm-hmm. Just like, that's just some action movie, man. Like it's, I don't know. Score's good, but it doesn't yeah. um, like whatever the theme of it is. Um, I feel like I feel like they could definitely play that at the Oscars every year. And, oh sure, and it'd just be because it it sort of fits that. Um, yeah, and who's the composer? Was Trevor Albert? I Trevor think? Jones. Trevor Trevor Jones. Trevor, so. that's who I have music. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have music by. Yeah, that's got to be. Yeah. Him. Um, Did he compose it? <laughs> oh, just one a couple more notes means? here. Yeah, this is the number six. Uh, as far as box office goes, this is the number six Stallone movie. Wow! This is right in between The Expendables and Rocky. Wow! So this is this is a top ten financial hit for Stallone. How much? And wow! Okay. You know what number one is, which is funny because this is a this is a prequel to Guardians of the Galaxy two. Mm. This yeah. is a, this is this is you watch that movie and you want to see the backstory between. Uh, Stallone's character and Yondu. This mm-hmm. is it. This is where it started. So mm-hmm. you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> so you have to see this before you see Guardians. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do interact in that movie, don't they? They do. Yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't even realize. Guardians that. Two is a Tango and Cash and Cliffhanger reunion. Yeah, both of which have now been covered by Reconcinimation. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is, but the interesting thing here is this is really the last hurrah for Stallone's action movies. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he tried the comedy stuff; it didn't really work. Yeah. He goes back to the well with action. This is a hit, so it's time to keep going. But the next few, I mean, are okay, maybe at parts, mm-hmm. but they don't reach the the heights that his previous action did. The Specialist, Assassins, mm-hmm. Daylight, mm-hmm. you know, none of those are the hits that he was used to and his star was beginning to drop, which we talked about in Copland and why he was able to do that movie. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I mean, his, 
he's doing almost straight to video movies like i was it i see you oh, or right. eye for an eye or yeah, something yeah 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 and yeah. uh angelo's brother or something avenging angelo <laughs> avenging angelo yeah, yeah. um yeah. and then stallone kind of disappears for a while and and you know he shows up here and there and in, in the spot one of the spy kids movies and mm-hmm. um small roles but nothing's really working until he again reinvents himself with the expendables yeah 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 uh, which was a really smart idea yeah i didn't i've only seen the first one i didn't love it as much as i wanted to mm-hmm. but it's it was a great concept hmm. uh yeah i really i i expendables the original really works like uh yeah and, um, like just for what it, you know exactly what you're getting yeah. and it's actually like a, oh no Oh, something fell. The interns again knocking my stuff over. We gotta get guys. Out of here. When you d- deliver my baguette, stop knocking now. stuff off my. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I, and then that was, I think, a, a financial thing for him, right? Like him teaming up with all these mm-hmm. action stars, oh, yeah. and muscle bound, get everybody together. Everyone's in. They all got guns, mm-hmm. and they're all like saving the day. And as the expendables, expendable movies goes on. You get more and more of them. Like yeah. Harrison Ford shows up, Chuck Norris, Bruce yeah. Willis, they're all in it. Jeez, I didn't even realize Harrison Ford showed up. Yeah, he's like oh. a pilot. And... <laughs> I love it. Uh, but yeah, so guys, I think um, I recommend it. I think you should check out Cliffhanger. If it's been a while, you'll totally have fun with it. I don't yeah. think you'll you'll really see it in that negative of a light. Is it perfect? Of course not, but you, you shouldn't expect it to be. Right, right. Yeah, it is what it is. You know what it is. You're going to have fun. Yeah. So head out to your local video store because hard disk, you know, brick and mortar video stores are coming back. It's true. Thank God. It's happening. Yeah. Um, so check it out. And, uh, you know, I think I, I think that's going to about cover it. I think we we the, hit everything. You got any other notes on Cliffhanger before we wrap it up? Oh, um favorite couple favorite moments yeah when they're in the cave and the bats fly and it gets a bat terror these guys i thought that was kind of neat <laughs> i just just like yeah i'm just like okay so i like that that was fun mm-hmm. um i like when uh crystal the character the the blonde character, caroline goodall caroline Gill. I, yeah. was, I was blanking on her name sorry caroline she arms like she just arms the bomb at the top and then Quaylen just says, you're going to make somebody a fine wife someday. <laughs> She's like, you should see me bake a cake. <laughs> like, what? Why? Why? <laughs> like, he doesn't need to say anything. Yeah. And she doesn't need to say anything yeah, back. Yeah. It's like, and then he shoots her in the next scene. Like, uh, <laughs> like he shoots her straight up. That's how greedy and, yeah. and mean. That's the thing. Part of it is like if he had some, if Quaylen had some, uh, humanity to him like he he wouldn't sacrifice her yeah maybe kind of like be okay with all of his other stuff or you see like that he's it registers and that he's torn about it and doesn't want to do it but he knows he needs to uh change raise the stakes yeah he's got to take his power back so he shoots his girlfriend yeah (laughs) anyway so that was a fun that was a a fun moment and he and he whispers into her ear you know what real love is sacrifice blam 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 three bullets in the back jeez all these I people. gotta do it. First, Frank goes down, and then yeah. and then Crystal goes down. Yeah. Nah. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> those were some of my hot, Munch's highlights. Yeah. <laughs> Munch's hot takes. Hot takes. So yeah, no. Give 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 me more of this crazy bullshit. It's fun. Well, we're gonna hit more like this 
maybe our later next, on this year maybe on our we'll, next episode not on our next one but maybe down the road we'll we'll get back to some action we gotta we yeah. gotta we've got more coming we've got another month of material for our uh 90s winter wonderland i love it yeah we've got two more so stay tuned guys we uh we're gonna be back in a couple of weeks just want to say thank you like always to our friends curtis moore for the poster and the artwork uh, E.K. Wimmer for our, our lovely theme song. And you can check out his podcast, Laser Graves, anywhere you listen to, uh, anywhere you're listening to Recon's Animation. But, um, yeah, I think that's it. I am, uh, I'm going to wrap up, you know, before we get snowed in here at the studio. Yeah. We got to, you know, I've, I've got them pumping full blast all the time. Yeah. I think we got to get out before we got to start plowing. Yeah, I know. Get the shovels out. Get the rock salt. Yeah. Uh, make sure to stay safe out there. Yeah. My bro. <laughs> While this is happening. <laughs> all right. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, stay tuned. Bye now. You were recording this, right? Huh? (laughs) We were recording this, right? No, no, no. That was just a (laughs) warm-up. Okay.